Welcome to a podcast of a sermon delivered at the Unitarian Society of Ridgewood in New Jersey. Our congregation is a place where you will find inspiration in the richness of diverse beliefs and the power of community. Detailed information about the Unitarian Society of Ridgewood is available on our website, uuridgewood.org. Please join in the words for lighting the chalice. They're in your order of service. Yeah. We light this chalice. I'd like you to take a deep breath in. As you breathe, look around, see the people beside you, your family, your friends, your community. Breathe in deeply and slowly. As you do, feel the connections, the support, the love here in this room. Take a deep breath and listen. Our service today is all about creation. When I think of that word, I think first about all of this, all that is, all life, all existence, and I think about the beginning of all of that, the Big Bang, tiny little dot that exploded and became this ever-expanding universe, just this tiny speck, and I wonder all the time about what there was before. Does anybody else have that wondering? Yes, okay, so I am, because I'm real quick. What came before that tiny little dot? What was around the tiny dot? What was outside it, beyond it? Sometimes I picture this vast black expanse with a tiny pinprick of light, and I'm sure there's a scientist sitting out here who will correct that completely. But we don't, we don't really know what there was before this, So what do you imagine when you close your eyes? What do you see when you imagine the beginning of all that is? When I think about creation, I also remember that each and every one of us is part of creation. We began in that tiny speck. We became when the universe became. And as we live our lives in this ever-expanding universe, we also participate in creating. We are creators, We create things out of other things, paintings, sculptures, music, food. We also create things out of nothing, relationships, meaning, arguments, thoughts. We participate every day in many varied ways in the creating of this world and its future. We're both creation and creators, and that's what we're dealing with today ourselves as creatures that exist in the vastness of space, and ourselves as creators that create into the vastness of space. We're both, and it isn't enough to just talk about it always. We have to do it sometimes. So today, we're going to create together. And I realize it may seem weird, and some of you may be thinking, this isn't Sunday services, this isn't worship, what we're doing. But I want you to try to keep an open mind, an open heart, an open soul, because Sunday services, worship, is about 
not just stimulating thoughts and interesting analyses. It is about your mind, but also your heart and your soul. And those things are accessed in many different ways. I'm going to read to you a part of a Robert Fulgham story to help remind all of us about why this work is valuable. He writes, Over the last couple of years, I have been a frequent guest in schools, most often invited by kindergartens and colleges. The environments differ only in scale. In the beginner's classroom and on university campuses, the same opportunities and facilities exist. Tools for reading and writing are there, words and numbers, areas devoted to scientific experiment, labs and work boxes, and those things necessary for the arts, paint, music, costumes, room to dance, likewise present and available. In kindergarten, however, the resources are in one room with access for all. In college, the resources are in separate buildings with limited availability. But the most apparent difference is in the self-image of the students. Ask a kindergarten class how many of you can draw, and all hands shoot up. Yes, of course we can draw, all of us. What can you draw? Anything. How about a dog eating a fire truck in a jungle? Yes, how big do you want it? How many of you can sing? All hands. Of course we sing. What can you sing? Anything. What if you don't know the words? No problem, we make them up. Let's sing. Now, why not? How many of you dance unanimous again? What kind of music do you like to dance to? Any kind. Let's dance. Now? Sure, why not? Do you like to act in plays? Yes. Do you play musical instruments? Yes. Do you write poetry? Yes. Can you read and write and count? Yes. We're learning that stuff now. Their answer is yes, over and over again. Yes, the children are confident in spirit, infinite in resources, and eager to learn. Everything is still possible. Try those same questions on a college audience. A small percentage of the students will raise their hands when asked if they draw or dance or sing or paint or act or play an instrument. Not infrequently, those who do raise their hands will want to qualify their response with their limitations. I only play piano. I only draw horses. I only dance to rock and roll. I only sing in the shower. When asked why the limitations, college students answer they do not have talent, are not majoring in the subject, or have not done any of these things since about third grade, or worse, that they are embarrassed for others to see them sing or dance or act. You can imagine the response to the same questions asked of an older audience. The answer, no, none of the above. What went wrong between kindergarten and college? (laughs) What happened to yes, of course I can? Fulgham points out that along the way, many of us forget that we are born creators. But that deep truth is worth remembering. Sunday mornings are about remembering what matters most in our lives. And it matters that you know your inherent capacity to create. So in a spirit of openness, of exploring our identity as co-creators of the universe, in a spirit of participating actively in what it means to create, in the spirit of yes, we can, we gather together this morning. Good morning, everyone. This morning, I want to share with you a story. And I want to invite us all to put our story ears on, which is a way of saying opening our brain 
to the whole um, world of imagery. For all the children here, the story can stand on its own. For us adults, I would like to suggest that the lion in this story represent our deepest, harshest critic that resides within us. Okay, here we go. This is compiled from a variety of West African and South African folk tales, and it's called The Lion on the Path. Once upon a time, two cousins lived side by side in a village. They worked together in the fields each day and returned home each night to share a meal and some fun in the evening. The young woman's cousin's name was Nosa. She loved to play the mabara and to sing. The young man's cousin's name was Toby. He loved to dance and tell great stories. And one day Toby said to Nosa, I have to go on a journey to the village of my future wife. I must go and meet her parents. Oh, I will worry about you, said Nosa. You know that you must take the long path that leads over the hills and through the swamplands. It is not as easy as the meadow path, which is shorter, but that is the way people go because a lion has often been seen on the meadow path. Of course, my cousin, I will take the long path. I do not wish to meet any lions. I will be back before you know it. Nosa said goodbye to her cousin. And as she was waving, she called out, Remember, when you get to the fork in the road, go left on the long path. He waved, headed down the path. All morning, Nosa worried. She loved her cousin, but he could be a bit dreamy. Sometimes he would be thinking of a story or making up a new dance step and would forget where he was going or what time it was. The more she thought about him alone on the path, the more she worried. Finally, she started to get a bad feeling. She felt right down to her bones that something was not right. She could almost picture her cousin taking the wrong path. So she grabbed her Mabara and ran down the trail as fast as she could. And soon she came to the fork in the trail. Sure enough, when she got down close to the ground, she could see her cousin's footprints, Toby, down the wrong trail, right straight into the meadow. She ran as quickly as she could, and it wasn't long before she came to a bend in the path. She hid behind a tree and peered out. There she saw her cousin standing right in the middle of the path. There facing him was a full-grown lion, swishing its tail and getting ready to pounce. What can I do, she cried to herself. I don't have any weapons. I would throw a rock, but there are no big rocks to be seen. I could throw my Mabara, but it is hollow and it wouldn't hurt the lion at all. Then she thought, hmm. Maybe I can play my Mabara and distract the lion so that Toby can get away. Just then, lion growled. She was so afraid that he was going to pounce on Toby that she jumped out in front of the tree and began to play a song. My Mabara plays music so pretty. My Mabara plays music so sweet. My Mabara plays music so pretty. Oh, dance to my music with me. Lion was distracted. He turned to see who was singing, and when he did, Toby ran off through the woods all the way back home. 
Nosa played and sang and danced again. My Mabara plays music so pretty. My Mabara plays music so sweet. My Mabara plays music so pretty. Oh, dance to my music with me. To Nosa's surprise and delight, Lion began to dance just as she was dancing. He seemed to have forgotten completely about his prey and was dancing and singing as if under a magic spell. Now, Nosa wanted to get away, too, so she tried to back up as she swayed and danced. But when she looked up, the lion couldn't hear the music anymore, and he stopped dancing and looked around and said, where is the man I was going to eat? (laughs) That was my dinner. So poor Nosa stepped bravely forward again and began to play and sing. My Mabara plays music so pretty. My Mabara plays music so sweet. My Mabara plays music so pretty. Oh, dance to my music with me. That lion began to dance again and to sing as if under an enchantment. This went on and on. Finally, just as Nosa was about to collapse a little, a little tiny rabbit popped its head out from behind a rock saying, hey, you look like you need help. Boy, do I ever. She said, if I stop playing, the lion will eat me. But I'm so tired, I think I'm about to drop dead anyway. Let me play, said the rabbit. He hopped over to Nosa and began tapping his foot, just so they wouldn't miss a beat. And just like that, she tossed him the Mabara, and he started playing and singing and dancing in his little rabbit voice. My Mabara plays music so pretty. My Mabara plays music so sweet. My Mabara plays music so pretty. Oh, dance to my music with me. The little rabbit kept playing, and the lion kept dancing and singing while Nosa ran safely home. Meanwhile, Rabbit began to get tired, but he had a secret. Just behind the tree, a few feet down the path, was his home. So carefully, inch by inch, he danced closer to his rabbit hole. Lion followed him, still dancing as if under a spell, and finally Rabbit dropped the Mabara and dove into his hole, safe and sound. There was Lion, left on the path, with no people to eat, and a confused expression on his face. Gee, he said, I I could have sworn there was a young man on the path and that a young woman playing the Mabara, but now there's just a Mabara on the path, and I think I saw a rabbit jump down that hole. What a strange day. So the two cousins got home safely. They celebrated together, and Toby thanked his cousin for saving his life. He even made her a new Mabara from a gourd he had grown. And a few days later, when Toby ventured out again to that other village, he took the left fork, as Nosa had told him to do, and carried Nosa's new Mabara with him, just in case. How many of us as adults, now I'm talking to adults, feel an ache in our being around creativity? Some of us feel like, I have no time, I'm not good at it, I'm a business person. Little do we know that innovation counts as creativity, right? How many of us may be professional artists who still feel that ache of being able to connect with our life force in a free and unencumbered way? So the lion 
possibly could resent, represent our inner critic, ready to pounce on our inspirations, our inner passions, our innovations, our creativity. And in this story, the lion, ready to pounce and kill Toby, is held at bay by art making, by the sounds of music. He eventually enters into music making and is distracted from pouncing on Toby and eating him for dinner. This is our prayer. And the prayer has to do with taming and running wild. And here it is. May we learn how to tame our inner critic and allow our life force to run wild. One more time. May we learn how to tame our inner critic and allow our life force to run wild. Amen. <laughs> and so in a spirit of overcoming our inner critics, our first act of creation this morning will be musical sound making. And I'm going to turn it over to Ron and Kevin. Pleased to have my colleague Kevin Brown with us this morning. And uh, he will attempt to lead us. Right. I, uh, <laughs> Ron said that, uh, he, that you all were sick of listening to him, so uh, he <laughs> wanted to bring somebody else up here. Uh, so ever since people have been on the planet, we've found, tried to find ways to make music with our bodies, whether it's singing or clapping, stomping, slapping, anything like Right, exactly. And maybe we, my favorite one is this. Because it show, shows off, shows off how, how hollow my head is. Uh, <laughs> so, right, yeah, it's a, if you, that, that will hurt eventually. Take it from me. I've been around a little while. Here, hold the mic. Right. That was a Maddie new, likes that one. That was a new one on me before. Uh, and so, change the gain on this. Yeah, okay. The, uh, so what we're going to do today is a little bit of improvisation, a little bit of rhythmic improvisation. So rhythmic improvisation, of course, when you hear that word, you think, well, where are we going to be making something up just on the spur of the moment? Is it going to be totally random? That kind of thing. And there is a degree of that, certainly. But improvisation, usually, even if you're playing jazz music, it usually is played uh, with some sort of framework. You have to have some sort of framework to improvise within that gives meaning to what you play. Uh, jazz musicians will have a framework of harmony, of chords, that when they improvise single lines, that's how they inform those choices of what notes they play. With rhythm, our framework is going to be, uh, we call a framework a groove. That is my favorite word for a rhythmic framework. So choose, a, choose your favorite method. It could be stomping or clapping or whatever you would like to do. And I'm going to clap a groove, and I would like for you to clap the groove with me. Then I'll play something on the guitar that's going to fit with our collective groove. Uh, and then, as the groove kind of mellows out a little bit, start to listen inwardly. To, uh, to, to see if the spirit moves you to put an extra clap in there somewhere. It could be anywhere. 
or to maybe even hum something along with what I'm playing on the guitar. Anything is totally legal, and there's no way you could play a wrong note <laughs> or clap a wrong rhythm or anything like that. So uh, that's my favorite part of improvisation, is just listening to our inner sense of rhythm or melody or whatever we're doing and try to translate what we hear inside into, into our bodies. So if you, if you hear, if the, again, if the spirit moves you to put an extra clap or an extra five claps somewhere, then by all means, do that, and we will have a collective improvisation, because at that point, you will be improvising. So I will turn this back over, and here is the, here is the, the rule, so you can clap this or tap or whatever along with it. You created something where before there was nothing as far as music is concerned and written. So That's that was great. Thank you. So think for a minute about what that felt like. Did you feel it like in your body? Did it feel awkward? No. <laughs> Good. Did it feel exciting or pure or beautiful or terrible? In many cultures across many centuries, people have used their voices and their bodies in different ways to create sounds that entrance, that mystify, that are used for meditation or prayer or bringing oneself to another plane. Chanting, call and response, repetition, prayerful intoning, melodic singing. We know these things have an unbelievable power. Think for a second about the scariest movie you ever saw. And think about the soundtrack that plays in that scary movie. Then think in contrast about happy times and happy movies and the music that plays there. Right? There is a power in sound. On Sundays here together, we listen to beautiful music. We sing hymns together as best we can. We all know sometimes I pick terrible hymns. But together, we experience music. I'll admit it. It's okay. Together, we experience music here. 
when we make our music together, it doesn't last. We sing, and for a brief moment, we come together as one voice, more powerful, more intense, more layered, more multifaceted than we might be alone. Even doing this little experience here, this little exercise, you could hear it. Together, we created something that got complex and more simple at different moments. We created something also that will never again be the same. We couldn't recreate that even if we tried. Life is like that. Creation moves forward. The earth spins. Life changes. We change. We can't go back again. Some things just are ephemeral. They don't last forever. But there's a beauty in the creation that is fleeting. There's a power in knowing that it is fleeting, in knowing that we can't pass this way quite this way again. The sounds we make are powerful and they are temporary, and on the other side of the sounds we make, there is silence. Sometimes, in order to hear what is going on underneath it all, in order to hear the stuff that isn't ephemeral but is eternal, sometimes, in order to hear the deeper truths, we have to be quiet. Very, very quiet. And I invite you to become very quiet now. Together, we will sit, breathing deeply, as we let the silence come on us in the wake of joyful noise. Breathe deeply and slowly. And listen. Feel how different this space and this company feels in silence. When we sing together, it is a fleeting moment, but it creates a bond that lasts. We connect and become a community in an important way. Every Sunday, we become a community through our speaking and singing and listening and attending together. The community that is built, the connections, and the sense of support and depth of loving are permanent. This morning, we're going to work to create something else that is semi-permanent, if we're being totally real. You may have noticed there are tables in this space this morning, and on each table are three small canvases. They are prepped and ready, and there's paint waiting. It is very washable paint, I promise. You do not need to worry. We are asking each of you to come up to the tables and to make, with a brush and a paint of your choice, make a splatter or a drip or a stroke on the canvases. I'm asking all of us to be mindful of the fact that there are quite a few of us, so be patient and we'll all get it done together. There are going to be folks stationed at each table just to help in case there's any conundrums. As we do this, we're going to listen to the special music, which I want to just explain a little bit. This music is different every time it's played. So what Ron explained to me is the composer composed a series of cells that can be arranged in any order according to the musician's desire on a given day. So as you paint, I want you to listen, aware that as we're creating something, the musicians this morning are creating something for us that will be unique to this moment and this space. Okay? So there's tables one, two, and three, and remember to listen as you go.
If you haven't had a chance to paint, please feel free to go up to a table and make sure that you make a mark. And if you have, please return to your seat. Just as our bodily improvisation was a fleeting feast for the ears, these pictures, when assembled, will be a feast for our eyes that will last for years to come. They are now, as one piece, a symbolic physical representation of our community, a community that exists only because each of you chooses to be here and to commit and to speak your truth and to support each other in this space. Without you here, this place would not be what it is. Each and every one of you belongs here with all of your anger and hope and joy and sorrow and confusion and questions and all of your spirit. You have a place here. Life together in community isn't always neat. It is often messy, just as painting can be quite messy. But there's beauty in the mess, and we keep working at it. We keep building it up. We keep layering ourselves on top, building and building creatively until we feel secure and safe and strong together. And it takes each of us. Remove any one splatter or drip or mark and the picture would change. It would not be the same. So every time that we look at this piece of art that we created this morning, every time we see the canvases on our walls, we will be reminded that this community is only as beautiful as the sum of its parts, only as strong as the sum of its parts, only as permanent as the sum of its parts. We can't do without each other. And while we may create some things that are ephemeral, we also create things that last if we let them. Relationships, friendships, the deep knowledge that we are cared for and loved. These things can last forever. Your truth matters, you belong here, and together we create something beautiful. So we've made music, and we've made art, and we're going to do one last thing together, which is we're going to make movement. So uh, raise your hand if you know what the wave is. Anyone? Okay. All right, we've got a few plants. So uh, you don't have to stand all the way up. You can just raise your arms up. That'll probably be a little bit easier. We're going to start over here. So for anyone who doesn't know what the wave is, these guys over here are going to raise their hands up, and then it's going to ripple through the room. We're going to go from this side to this side, and then we're going to go back again the other direction. Okay? Ready? Go. Go all the way around. Go all the way around. Go all the way around. Okay, don't go back the other way. All the way around. All the way around. All right, we can work on it. <laughs> we're going to try a couple of other things, okay? So as you are able to, just lean forward in your seat. Lean backward. Lean to your right. Lean to your left. <laughs> Put your chin to your chest. Now look up high at the ceiling. If you are able and comfortable, stand up. Turn around and face the outside. Now I'm going to ask you to just shake it out a little, mindful of your neighbors. Shake it out. Turn back around to the center and shake it out again. Okay. Lift your hands up high into the sky. Then bring them slowly down to your belly. 
Take a big, deep breath so you can feel your hands push out and let it out. Do another one in and let it out. And you can sit back down in your seat. And think about what it felt like to move as one. If you've ever been a dancer or taken a dance class or done yoga where everybody's moving, if not exactly at the precisely same moment, at least close, where you become not just yourself, your body, but part of something larger, creating a moving image in a sense that you couldn't create without the other people. If our sounds were temporary, our visual arts semi-permanent, our movement can have a little bit of both. We're together as one in a fleeting way, but our bodies bear the trace of that movement. Soreness in our limbs or just awareness that we have been moving, that we have shared and been one and are now separate again. When we move together, we feel what it's like to be with each other in the same movement, and we know that each of us is still moving independently. Touching your toes might be inconsequential to you, and it may hurt like the dickens for me. Each of our bodies is capable of different things, and that's okay. We can move them in the ways that feel right for us and still together be larger than we are on our own. We can make more and do more and be more when we are together. I think about schools of fish that move together as one to look like a larger fish, right? It's stronger and larger and more graceful all in our clumsiness when we move together. In our togetherness here, there is space for everyone, room for each to participate as they can in the greater dance. With all our differences, we can still move together. So sound, image, body, we are all of these things. We are these bodies made of cells, of water, and flesh, and blood, and bones. We are these temporary houses that we inhabit. We are also the words that we speak and the sounds that we make. We are also the choices that we make about what to say and who to say it to. We are in some ways the image we project to the world. We can be out in the world happy or sad, angry or bitter, grateful or joyous or authentic. We are some things that are determined by our DNA, but we are also able to make choices. We're not bound by some imposed and impossible will. We have our own will. We make our own decisions. And when we are true to ourselves and we reach out authentically and we seek to do good in community, we can shape the future. Please remain standing and join in the words for extinguishing the chalice. They're in the order of service. We extinguish this flame. But may the light of burn bright in our hearts until we are together again. It doesn't matter how young or old you are, you can draw, sing, paint, dance, move, love. You can bring joy and life. You can create. Go remembering this deep truth. You are a creator, so go create. Go in peace.